This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno. And my Solana McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. All right, here we are. Here we are. Episode number. Anyone? Oh, man. 172 (laughs) or 3. Did we just jump? (laughs) No, we're way No, we're just. I just lose count. Productive. I think 173. Very good. Very good for us. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Also, thank you to all of our listeners and our patrons. Yeah. We'll do that up front and also at the end. But. Yeah, um, just in case you skip the end, thanks to all of our listeners yeah. that make this possible uh, and keep us from keep us wanting to do it. Yeah. Okay. So this week, topic. What do we got? Pain compliance. Ooh, dun dun that's dun. A, that's a big one. I feel like that's one of the. You know, if you if you have like the big five, the things that that people talk about in Aikido. Yeah. I feel like that's one of the ones, especially when you're first starting, that like people are like, oh, I'm going to do this thing and it it hurts, you know, Uh and because everyone, when you start, I think it's a rite of passage, you grab my wrist and then you grab them and then they do or whatever and they put you on the ground. Yeah. "Ah, I've never felt so much pain in my life. Yeah. You're ripping my arm. And if you've never had it happen to you. (laughs) Feels like magic. It it feels like you're dying. So I have before, uh, Yonkyo, um, been hit with Yonkyo. There's a couple of guys, uh, who we have trained with in the past who are just good at it. They just understand it, yeah. like whatever. And I maybe almost like pooped myself or vomited <laughs> one time. Like it hurt so bad. Are you and, and serious? It, no, I'm serious. And oh, it was yeah. quick. It was quick. You know, so it wasn't like sustained. But it was like I, it was like I was tapping for real because it was like, oh, that was bad. That was, you, you know, know, it's funny. I think I think it's honestly uh, some kind of genetic thing because I think I just don't have a good hand uh-huh, for it. Like uh-huh. I practice a lot of yonkyo, and, and still there are people who are not haven't practiced as much as I have, and they have a just yeah. a killer yonkyo. Yeah. I think it's like a sharp index knuckle. Like or whatever, there's something you know? about it. there. There are a couple of guys uh, that we train with who, for I mean. Kind of, they just grab you and it's there, right? You know, you know? it's, and so it's when natural they, in right. their grab, and so when they, you know, do it. Um, anyway, so all this to say that, like, yeah, man, pain compliance, uh, just like on first blush, uh, is something that I would have to go like, oh yeah, I, I kind of, right? And um, it, it feels badass too when you're the now, one making someone right, comply right. with pain. Now that's on first blush because. <laughs> I also have been wrestling with people a lot of times when uh, they try to get me with, you know, any number of things. Um, and I just kind of laugh at them, <laughs> you know, yeah, like yeah, I've yeah. had it where, you know, we're wrestling around and someone gets, uh, you know, a Nikio or, or a Gokyo. And it's like, uh, <clears throat> yes, I see where you're going with that. Um, I'm. It's not going to be enough to make me tap out in this this particular situation. Yeah. That's the dichotomy we're playing with. That's the podcast, people. <laughs> That's how He's I like, anyway. and now the stage <laughs> is set. Now the stage is set. We can talk about what we want to talk about. Um, you know, it's funny because I think you're right. I think a lot of people say, you know, that Aikido has a lot of pain compliance techniques. And I guess that's roughly true. But I really think there's only one technique in Aikido 
that is pain compliance. Like that mm -hmm. is a pain compliance mm -hmm. technique. And then the rest of them are very functional techniques once you understand them. Right. Uh, so what is the technique you think is? Yankyo. Yankyo. Right. Yeah. And everything else is... Um, you is just byproduct. Well, so like, so let's take Nikyo as a good example of it. Wait, right? let's let's just describe okay. Yankyo because I I realize we have listeners who actually aren't Aikido uh, yeah, practitioners yeah. and yeah. Um, so we can just describe Yankyo like yeah. real quick. We can talk <laughs> about too. I mean, we could talk about maybe we should actually make an episode about Yankyo, but yeah, Yankyo is a highly debated topic in Aikido, and different people kind of think different things. But roughly, Yankyo is um, a way of grabbing something. It's a grabbing methodology that you drive your index knuckle of your palm. I don't know, you know, I don't know how to differentiate the different parts. I guess it's like a flange or something, but it's yeah. the base of it's your the ba index yeah, finger. the base of your index finger right. at, the, at the palm right, right. there. That and bone. when you grab something, it is a, it's a technique for driving that into something. Mm -hmm. Grinding. <clears throat> It's like it's weird because it's like it's it's a grinding, it's a driving, it's yeah. a driving. Yeah. It's not it's not a squeezing. You're squeezing, you're doing it wrong. Um, yeah. It's definitely one of those techniques. We should do an episode because it's a weird technique yeah. that I think is really hard for some people to understand. I spent um, a few years pretty immersed in Yonkyo, you know, and and I don't know. This is just an aside, I guess, but like you know. I learned my core curriculum Aikido and, you know, the things that I liked in Aikido. And then I spent a lot of years working on the things I didn't like in Aikido. Mm -hmm. And Yonkyo yeah. is one of yeah. them, you know, where it's You're like, like eh, it feels like crap to me. Yeah. Yeah. And I think I like I made a lot of progress with Yonkyo. I still don't have a, as awesome of a Yonkyo as a lot of people. But yeah. Um, uh, so Yonkyo and then the OK. So here's the thing. Are you saying that the uh, the so the other t techniques are functional? And I do agree and would say that um, all of the other techniques are way more functional in other in other areas. as anything other than pain compliance, right? right yes. Like I feel like the pain compliance is real low on the functionality scale. That's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, like you know, Nikyo, I think is a prime example. Nikyo actually forces two bones in your wrist to touch that normally don't, and and does have a, an effect in your brain that's shocking. And if you have never done a Nikyo before, you're in for something because it's just surprise. Yeah. It feels wrong. Yeah. it just feels wrong. And uh, you know, I, I like to have new people come in and and watch their first Nikyo because it's like, what the heck's going on? Why so, are you doing this to me? So I see how people can say it's pain compliance, but Nikyo in its, its proper setting isn't working on that. And it doesn't matter if it hurts at all, in fact, because mm -hmm. what it does is it puts the hand in such a vulnerable position that it can no longer hold on to something. Right. And so if you're trying to clear them grabbing you or if you're trying to take something out of their right. hand, right. it works like a champ, right. you know? I think, too, it, I can see why people see the strength of Aikido and Aikido techniques as being pain compliance because it's so it's so visible, mm -hmm. you know. Right. It's the first thing we see with people like, ooh, tapping out, right. you know. Well, and we also show it that way a lot. Yes. You know, so we yes. show Nikyo. So Nikyo is a clearing technique, but how do we how do we show it? You trap their hands. Right. Blah, blah, blah. Right. And why do you do that? Well, because it hurts. Right. Right. Uh, and the same kind of with uh, Sankyo and in you, a lot of ways. You know, if yeah. you show it as like, you're doing this thing when it's like what we're really doing is is clearing that. With probably that, that the grip. exception of Ikkyo, the entire Kyo Waza could be conceived of as sure. 
pain compliance. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, because the Kiyowaza are the principal techniques. They're the core of Aikido uh, technical stuff. That's really a weird way. To, it's really not correct. But, but you know, right, right, right. as far as the obvious techniques of Aikido, um, it's, it's, it's right there. And, and it's hard to see that what those things are actually doing is making the hand mechanically not work right, anymore. And right. Ikyo does that as well. Ikyo just doesn't have a pain right, compliance complaint, component. Yeah, but the rest all do. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And what a lot of people say about Aikido is that it's well there's a faction of people who talk about aikido that say that what aikido is doing that is unique or different than other martial arts that they've seen is the pain compliance controlling bit right those techniques those people are really wrong yeah but i mean you can see why people say that because it's so you know so visible and so obvious if you have a cursory knowledge of aikido meaning you know like you went and saw an aikido class i totally see how you could say it because everything hurts you know everything's like oh that sucks oh that sucks oh that sucks and you're getting tweaked here tweaked there yeah and they're oddball ways of like doing it like we're not used you know if you roughhouse when you're a kid you don't see a lot of wrist twisting weird stuff like that you know like you know maybe a noogie or like you know a pinch or something but like like, you know, right. the kind of you're, stuff we have in Aikido. You're not going to see, yeah, you're not right. going to see a, a Sankyo or some weird, like, <clears throat> um, you know, Gokyo um, kind of thing. What's interesting, all, you know, so we, it's also like, though we emphasize a, a lot of times those moments also. Yes. Um, you know, in the same way that we kind of emphasize some of the... the uh, Atemi, but we emphasize those moments so i can see why people would think like that's it's an important part of what we're doing because we emphasize it we the tap i mean that's that's yeah, like the iconic. dramatic yeah we see whether or not and and you know when you start sometimes it's like uh well if if, if i don't feel it should i ta- like you know what should I tap? You know, that kind of a right. thing. Yeah. Right. Um, I'm only going to tap if I feel it. Oh, man, that's, you know, it's it's so funny you saying that. And I, I haven't thought about it. And we haven't been teaching regular classes to new people in a very long time. So it's funny you saying that because I totally have had like new, you know, say 22 year old guys be like, oh, well, so if it doesn't hurt, should I just go ahead and right. tap anyways? <laughs> because they want me to know that like, well, I'm not really hurt right. by that. Right. So. Right. And, oh, my and, God. Yeah. And the truth about it is. You're not really going to be hurt by it because it's not going to. Yeah. It, it, it can't. It doesn't. It can't I, hurt I could care you. less. It's not it hurts. about right. Yeah. I mean, and that's the thing that I'm saying. Like when you're wrestling around and stuff, and you're doing like you're actually doing grappling, those things are almost useless, especially unarmed, like armed, different, like whatever. But just, as pain compliance, it is. Yeah, useless. as pain, yeah. useless. It's completely. You know, yeah. I mean, maybe like a Rokio, if you could, but you know, an armbar is better. You know, whatever. Um, but yeah, useless, you know, like I, I had people get me in those things and it's like, and especially for someone who does Aikido for any length of time, if you, cause we do those stretches at the beginning of class, usually people will do, you know, the, the, um, Nikio and, and Kodagai stretches. You're used to it and you can, I can go a real long way right, before right, right. it's something that I feel like I have to tap tap with now let's talk for a real quick second about is this where you were going i was just gonna say yeah why is it useless yeah let's let's talk real quick about why it's useless and and what's going on with that so um if you're from a community of people that that's used to receiving high resistance heavy levels of resistance to what you're doing then you can say well that kind of stuff's useless and and let me give you a story from tim cartmel 
um, well, one of my teachers, uh, and, and I think this will kind of explain the beginning of that. So Tim tells a story once that uh, he was fighting in a, a tournament in, in Taiwan, and um, he woke up the next day after the tournament, and his ribcage felt goofy. And he's like, <laughs> man, what's wrong with my ribcage, you know? And he's like, I just don't know what's wrong with it, you know? And he said he was thinking about the fight, and he's like, I don't know. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe I just turned what, weird, what or I don't know, you know? <laughs> So he had videoed the fight and he popped in his VCR that morning and he watches it and he said he watches a man kick him in his ribs and his entire rib cage shift from one (laughs) side of his body to the other. And he's like, well, that's That's why my rib cage hurts right there. Now, look, it hurt the next day, but But when he was in the fight, it didn't even slow him down. He didn't even register that that had happened. When you get into an intense fight mode, you're... Adrenaline kicks in and like something happens in you and you know, I'm not a doctor, but it's like something happens in your neurological system where a lot of stuff you don't register. And right. you know, I've seen fights where people have broke their leg, stepped on it, right, right. and then they couldn't brace because their right, leg's broken right, 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 and, right. and then they fall and they go to get back up and put the foot right, right back, back down, down right, right, and right. it's broken, you know, because yeah. it's not registering. It just functionally registered to them. That like, oh, I can't stand on it, but I must have just fallen. I'll get back up, you know, but there's no pain. However, you know, if you dropped a, you know, if you dropped a, I don't know, a pound weight on your foot and you were not in that mindset, you would think you right. were dying. Right. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like right. you, you stub like, your God. toe and you're I like, I even did that when oh I broke my, my wrist. I, I fell and I broke my wrist and I, I went and I immediately picked up my skateboard with the wrist mm-hmm, that I had mm-hmm, just broken. Mm-hmm. Right. And it took me going like, oh shit, to realize that right. I had just broken it. And I like, because right. I couldn't hold it properly. Right. And it was like, you know, I, and that wasn't even a high adrenaline. Tip, and if but you I was were just in like, shock, you know, there's lots of stories about people in shock, like, you know, yeah. pushing their guts back in. They've right, been blown right, out. Right, you know, like right, all kinds right. of crazy things yeah. happen because like your, your mind's just not in that, that compliant state. Now, if you're used to only dealing with people who are in a chill state, like, you know, like just we're talking. Anything that is uncomfortable will register as that sucks. And that's why, and and people like to point this out, you know, police officers and other people will use Aikido, and I'm putting this in quotes, Aikido techniques um, as a way to, you know, what's the the come along or whatever that they Uh they do, which would be like a, a Gokyo or whatever that's used and they'll and so people will point to that and go well well it must work because police officers use it in their right. day-to-day training right. you know right. um but and it does for that situation right, because sure. what do they do uh what do they do with a person who they're really having trouble with they, they don't do that right yeah, you know, they, they throw they, them on the yeah. ground and they put the knee across, you know, right, or whatever. Right. I think part of like a key word in pain compliance is compliance. compliance. Yes, right. exactly. And right. we that think what exactly pain right. compliance means is you're making them compliant with pain, which I think is partially true. But there has to be some amount of compliance on the part of the person happening, or, yeah, happening yeah. somewhat already. Yeah. And I think that we see that. And this <clears> is why Aikido is like touted by some as oh you where you do pain compliance because even in the like on the sp- end of the spectrum of aikido that's very dancey and very you know beautiful we're still doing we're still showing stuff that's supposed to be pain compliance with some beautiful taps and whatnot um because because it's so compliant like the reason you can show that stuff and work on that stuff is because it's so compliant right like you're you're that's creating great. these situations for each other and so your uke is like yes please put me in this position i'll allow you to oh no i need to tap out because uh, right, you've right. i've let you put me in this crazy nikyo right. and um it's not the same for 
people that are truly non-compliant, like truly. Yes. Yeah. I heard a thing today. Uh, a guy was talking about um, a, a model to understand the conscious and unconscious mind. And I think it applies to this. Like he was saying that, you know, if you think of the conscious mind as a writer and an elephant as the unconscious mind, that's kind of a, a good model mm -hmm. for it. And if you ask the writer who's in charge, the writer says me, I pull to the right, he goes right. I pull to the left, he goes left. But if the elephant ever decided it didn't want to obey right. the writer, <laughs> right, right. who's just, really in right, charge right, is the right. elephant, right? right. And so on his back and he's going to go. Where right. And so if you get a situation where they're willing to be compliant because that's easier, like the elephants, just that's well, easier to go right. You want to go, I don't care. We'll go right, yeah. you know. Right. But um, if you're trying to deal with someone who doesn't want to pay attention to your pain compliance, they don't want to be compliant. They will just ignore it, you know, and 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 that might be to the detriment of them later, like Tim Cartmill waking up in the morning and his right. rib cage hurting, right? right? Like. But at the time, it didn't stop him. And if you're dealing with someone, then that's why you would say a, a pain compliance technique is useless because it didn't stop them. Mm -hmm. And and that's why we see it, you know, stories of pain compliance working in situations of what we would call like a threat level one, which is like a dominant situation. It's not like not necessarily someone's life is on the line yet. Um, and it's just about who's the boss. And a police officer is trying to demonstrate to the other person, you're in my custody. I am the boss here. Right. And the other person is on the path to realizing that, yeah, you're the boss and I'm not willing to stake my life on this. That's and the right. pain compliance That's is a exactly nice right. reminder that like, I can hurt you. I am a police officer. I have a gun and I'm choosing not to use it or whatever the hell. Um, and so it's an easy way to be like, hey... I am the boss. You need to submit to me. Right. And if and if you are giving me any true trouble, then it will get worse right. for you. Right. I mean, talk to any cop and you will hear them tell you lots of stories about like, you know, the time that they tased a guy and they didn't care or the time that they were putting restraints on a guy and he didn't care or, you know, they smashed a guy with a the nightstick and he didn't care, you know, and and how that turns into a crazy situation. And they actually have to use another set of skills right, because right. Generally, they're used to applying a little bit of pain and getting compliance right, right. because they, you know, the guy who's getting hurt, he wakes up a little and he goes, well, this guy's got a gun. Right. He's bigger than me. He's better trained than me. There's, There's four of them. Right. Yeah. right. Exactly. Right. right. Yep. There's a helicopter coming. If that doesn't work, you know, like. And, and this is what I think where I think. Uh, so this is where I think Yonkyo fits into this, into uh, this. And some of the other techniques can as well for Aikido. Is and we see this a lot, and I think we see this with the uh, Nagewaza. Although um, people maybe would uh, argue with me about it, but um, that that they, if you're using it, uh, let's say Yankyo in the way in a pain compliance way, it's not about any uh, prolonged sustained uh, pain. It is about that moment right, exactly and in that right. moment you're yeah. using it to do something else and i think if you think about pain compliance in that way when i hit you when you when i have a really strong sankyo and you turn into it there will be a point where um you you will hit that that uh point where you're locked up and you will have a choice to make do i uh go through it or does it hurt me enough to stop now right. You're stupid if you think that some people aren't going to hit that and just go through it anyway, right. right? That's what. But there are some people who that moment they'll hit that and they'll, as they're making that choice, if you on the other side can uh, see it, experience it, 
that you will have an opportunity to that's do right. something. And that's where it's useful, right? That's the, yeah. and, and we see that in Sankyo perfectly, right? Whereas they turn in or you turn in, they hit that point. You use that point to then extend their arm out to, right. to bring that, to draw them into the low position to take their balance, et cetera. Like. And that's why people use the drunk uncle example so much is that's a perfect example well, of like that, anyway, that yeah. you know, dominance level situation right. where what the person needs is a come to your senses moment. Yeah. And, and the Aikido is about prolonging the time where someone can get hurt, you know, and, and creating, you know, handling the situation so that no one gets hurt. But also, hopefully, the pain compliance could act as a uh, come to your senses. You know, right. that Yonkyo is right. a ouch. And then drunk uncle goes, holy shit, what am I doing? Yeah. Ah, you know. Just a little point. Uh, I, I, I honestly think the, the pain compliance kind of isn't working when we get to threat level one. It's really more conflict play. Like, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's we're deciding if we're actually going to have a struggle or not. And then mm -hmm. once it becomes mm -hmm. threat level one, that's why, you yeah. know, you don't see pain compliance stuff in 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 mixed martial arts no, really right. at yeah, all, because that's it's true. just like, oh, How I, can you? Right. Yeah, you can hurt me a lot. You've got to actually functionally stop right, me, right. you know? Right. Once you're fully like, I, I guess I see it more like a spectrum, you know, like conflict play kind of spectrum, like fades into threat level one fades into threat level two and it's more that earlier side of threat level one that's like eh, like we haven't ramped up to a million quite yet and right, like i could right, decide right. to let go of it right now right. but yeah you're right by the time it's like we are full out brawling whatever right. like well even if it's still for dominance it's pain compliance it's we matter. should also talk about the you know pain compliance and and then as and functional damage because um the in aikido the plain compliance doesn't necessarily lead to functional damage. You know what I'm saying? Right. No. Yeah. Yeah. Right. That's, a, that's a good and point And in, to in make, other yeah. sports, it might. I yeah. get you in an yeah. arm bar. I'm pulling the crap out of that. Um, that you might tap, but if you don't, I'm ripping your arm out or whatever. Right. You know. Right. Right. But that's not what's happening in in Aikido. Right. Right. You know? in, in Aikido, the it is doing a functional service, but it's not functionally damaging i mean it might but like the goal is to create a functional inability to hold on to something and so if you're holding me or if you're holding a weapon that i want to take away from you you just functionally can't hold it anymore like the the ligaments in your arm are so far shot that your hand just starts opening up and you have no choice anymore um and and it could damage it but that's not our goal our goal is not to rip the joint and not be not for a nice guy reason just because it's like that's not actually as functional as possible. Really likely if you were to, and, and here's another thing that I hate to hear people say, you know, when, when you're doing joint techniques, almost never are you actually, well, you, you cannot break the joint. You can only separate the joint. So right, right. you're not breaking bones or you're anything. You're breaking their arm. You're separating a joint. Now, what's probably going to happen is you're going to separate that joint and then it's probably going to snap right back in place the second they move it again and then it's probably still going to be functional enough to do some work for a while until the swelling gets so great that it won't work right anymore you know so so you know if you've ever had your wrist thrashed then uh, the next day you will have a hard time using your hand but at the moment you will not it'll it'll pretty much go back mm -hmm. to working mm -hmm. at least to grossly hold something and smash you with it right. so like it's not doing us a huge service to destroy the joint and that that could be on the table but really what we want is just to get them to let go at the moment right. of whatever right. it is and i think that leads back nicely into talking about what aikido is all about which is it doesn't really matter if we you know cause them pain or if we rip them up or cause them lots of damage or whatever like that is has not much to do with the idea of 
staying autonomous and right, right. you know saving ourselves and our loved ones or whatever right um but having them you know breaking their grip you know having right. them let go of you or of a weapon that they're holding is a lot more directly related to the idea of staying autonomous and protecting yourself and i think that's like going back to like what i was talking about earlier which is like the 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 pain compliance portion of it is like it's it's an instant thing. It's not, you know, and we see it when we think about it and we think about Nikki or whatever. It's like you, you hold their arm and you put it down and you can give pain to them for an extended period of time. But that's not that's not what you want. What you want is to give them an instant of pain so they shoot their elbow up to get out of it so you can then take advantage of that, right? right? You want to give them enough pain so that they move their body so that so that that whatever stagnation that's happening stops uh, so that you have motion again, right? So that's how we're using it. Uh, It's um, like, it's almost like an electric jolt. And this is why Yonkyo is actually a really good thing to talk about because that's what it feels like kind of. It's like a a shock of electricity going, and that's the thing that you want. But that's a a, a, a momentary thing. That's different than... I have you in a Sankyo hold and I'm going to lead you around the mat, you know, which you see sometimes, right? right? Or like, you know, they'll grab your fingers and, you know, lead you around. People like to show that. And I don't, and I think that's different um, than, it's definitely different than how we use it or how we imagine it being. I want to put these two goals aside, or like these two uses of, let's say, like Aniki or, I don't know, some wrist technique, for example. Okay. Um, put um, the the use of it of uh, breaking a grip okay. uh, versus the use of it or the main goal of it being to cause someone pain or hurt their wrist, right? Put those mm-hmm. next to each other. Um, and I think there's a lot of people who go, well, but in a self-defense situation, um, causing pain is also helpful because then potentially the attacker will stop attacking you because you hurt them, you know, like mm-hmm. they gouge their eyes, sure, their nuts, right. yeah, yeah. all that kind of stuff, right? So put those two next to each other. And let's assume that whatever this technique, this wrist technique that you use works. So let's just say 100% you break their grip, 100% you do hurt their wrist, and we're putting those next to each other. Sure. So assume you're able to do it right. There's still no guarantee, like Chris was saying earlier, that if you hurt their wrist, they're, they're going to stop. Like you could a hundred percent hurt their wrist, but that doesn't mean that they're gonna stop. Right. Where um breaking you know breaking their grip off of you, um they're not gonna stop. But at least you have accomplished something. You, right, you have right. taken their grip off of you, right. even for a moment. Right. And that gives you a, a moment uh to do something. Right. You know, and it, it furthers you toward your goal. Whereas just hurting them, maybe they don't even fucking right. nothing like nothing changes. Well, and you, you have know what I mean. Also, go back to the to to uh to what the reason that this thing would even come to be in the first place and this is one of the problems i have when uh i'm wrestling unarmed wrestling people and they try to do one of these things on me it's like why are you even worrying like if you really want pain compliance out of me there's much better ways to do it than to mess with my wrist right you know like grab an arm grab a leg punch me in the face like whatever right um why so like why would you even be grabbing why would you grab my wrist and this is a thing that people i think have a problem with why would you grab the wrist well it's because we're assuming there's something in it right so then it's like then you see that like the pain compliance can't be number one right 
Right, because because there's a weapon to account for. Right, right, because yeah, I would never, you know, I would never just grab someone by the wrist if to for no con- freaking to control reason, yeah. them because that's a stupid way to control them. You know what I'm saying? Right. Um, I would grab their wrist if they had a weapon in it. Right. Well, why am I grabbing their wrist? Well, to keep them from doing. Now, there may be some pain in that, but that's not the main goal. You know. Yeah. So yeah. it's kind of stupid to think that pain compliance in an Aikido technique would ever be the number one thing you should be. Right. And I don't know if anyone right. says it. I also think Aikido, like but. even in situations, because I can think of a couple situations where someone grabs your wrist and there's not a weapon in your hand or their hand. Yeah, like, you know what I mean? They're like, you know, you in or uh, someone yeah. walks up behind you and grabs your wrist to try and stop, you know, like someone cat calling you and like, want to grab you for your, get your attention. Like, mm-hmm breaking free of the grip is much more important in that moment than going like, I'm on Nikyo, Nikyo, you, right. you know what I mean? I'm like make you pay, make you hurt. Like the number one thing should be, well, don't fucking touch me, you know, right. Get, exactly get, right. like, you know, for whatever reason, like don't touch me, don't grab me, you right. know? And, and then pain is secondary, tertiary, right. Right. you know? Right. I mean, I think too, you know, the, the reason that it gets uh, a lot of emphasis, I mean, you know, and, and all the reasons we've just mentioned are really good ones, but like, I think most Aikido people um, are people just living peaceful lives and they're not right. out there fighting all the time. So they, they really don't see their techniques ever come off against, you know, someone actually attacking right, them. Right, because they don't, yeah. But they do probably grab all their friends um, whenever they have a chance That's and they're right. sitting around That's and their friends right. all go, ah, oh, oh, that hurts. Oh, don't touch Roy. He'll, he'll twist your wrist you know yeah um, uh, that's what i mean is like it's easy to show easy to see yeah, easy yeah. To, i mean you know, how yeah. many stories i'm sure any any anybody who's listening to this has a story at least of their either them or someone they know you know grab my wrist and then they grab your wrist and you you know yeah. coda got you yonk you nick you the hell and out of you know i'll, I'll tell you another thing you know like and, and it's it, cool by the way yeah it's pretty cool so this is a thing we don't talk about much um but, but it's real. Uh, so, you know, you get an old guy, like a frail old guy, and he wants to show you how he's got some moxie. And and he grabs <laughs> you and he twists you real hard. And it hurts. You know, it hurts. And you're like, man, that guy might actually hurt my wrist doing this. But, look, you don't want to fight the old guy anyway. So you want to <laughs> give him props. You know, you want to – you have no desire to fight this old man. It, there's there's no victory in it for you, you know. If you beat up the old man, then everyone goes, well, you beat up an old man. What the, right. You're an asshole, you know. Right. Um, so, so if an old man grabs you and twists you real hard, then you're likely to go, oh, yeah, I didn't ever mess with you. You right. are a tough guy. Right. You're a real tough guy, you know, like, yeah. And and and, and you'll kind of mean it, too, because you do have some respect for this old guy, you know, who's like out there twisting young guys, you know, and that's that's that's, you know, there's something interesting and cool about yeah. that. Right. So so what I'm saying is there's kind of a, a hypnotic suggestion going on there, which is like, well, look, you didn't want to mess with the old guy anyways. Mm-hmm. And now this just gives you something fun to right, talk right. about. And you can tell other people who you don't want messing with this old guy either. Like, uh, don't mess with right. him. He'll break your wrist right off. Is the old guy O-sensei? <laughs> the old guy's whoever you want to be. I mean, there's a million old guys doing right. Aikido now. You know what I mean? But but like... He was the original I don't know guy. how many times I've had some six foot four, 250 pound guy come in who was in the military and he was stationed in japan or in okinawa or something yes, and there was a there was a martial art guy who was like two foot tall and weighed 15 pounds and he <laughs> grabbed him and he was 100 percent sure that he was going to break his wrist off and and he realized then that like the power of the martial arts and how great they are and and i'm like dude 
if you wanted to murder right. that old you man in three seconds, you would have done it. Like, <laughs> but you're not in that mindset, you know? And so, so I think we get a lot of this stuff like, well, it's awesome because when I'm old, I can do that kind of stuff that guy right, does. Right. But it's it's only going to work if you have respect for those old people. Right. So it's right. like, like the reason that the old man can do that stuff is not, the, I mean, partially that he practiced the technique, whatever. Well, sure, it hurts. But, but, good right. but it wasn't that he was, he's was he been practicing for 50 years. It's that the power of the relationship that yes, he has the power, Yes, right. the relationship is key. Right. And, you know, this is another thing. Like, Yoshiba was always working relationship. If you read the stories, the dude was always working relationship with people. And we just ignored that and go, oh, they were all Magic scared powers. to death of him. Right. Yeah. Well, he was yeah. a moxie-filled right. little old man. <laughs> you right. know, like, yeah. he's five foot nothing. And, right. you know, like... It was really interesting to me, like reading those little. What's the book of stories of Osensei? Is that the book? Yeah, the I one that a bunch of them. I, I don't know whichever one that Invincible you have. Warrior. The, I, I've got all of them, so I, I don't sorry. know which that one. one you have. <laughs> you it's mean one in the where, library of books that yeah. I have on Osensei. <laughs> we were looking at them to to see if we could read them to the kids, um, but it was one of the ones that has like way the real too short. Dirty to read to kids. Shut up. Um, <laughs> No, it's just like like one page little blurbs. Oh, from the, his, it's yeah. like training with the master. I think. Yeah, is see, what it yeah, is. yeah, something like that. Training with the master. Well, yeah, I know the books that I, I have. No, I. I, just... <laughs> uh, you're, I realize they all sound similar right. too. Yeah. They're all you know remembering a sensei Remember, right. training yeah. with the master. Anyway, right. so yeah, there's a anyway, book yeah. and there's a little you're right. Like... You read through all these stories from all of his students and different people that visited him and and when you put yourself in that mindset of like okay he was an old guy and these people respected him already or they were interested in what he had to say it's a different thing than like the way that they tell it like the way that they tell it is that like next thing i knew i was on the ground ground, you know right right right, Right, or whatever you know he you know dodged three guys and i don't know how he did it or whatever like you put yourself in that mindset of going okay but all these people were ready to see it they wanted to see it right course and also man when you're used to dealing with most 70 year old guys who are like you know walking around in a walker and, and, and not suddenly, doing yeah. too good and then this guy is like jumping up and down and sticking a spear in a tree you're like wow this guy's badass you know so like, you're ready to see more badass sure, stuff absolutely absolutely yeah. so when he grabs you and puts his power into you you crumble ah. right yeah and, and like yeah it's like going and to a magic not that it doesn't hurt but it's just there is already a mindset laid right and that's what i mean the, the compliance bit they're they're already ready to c- right. comply right. That's with right. you yes, right that's the compliance correct. happens sort of pre in conjunction right. with the like you know right right, right. right. it's right. not like pain compliance it's like pain compliance yes <laughs> emphasis on the compliance and not right. the pain right. Right. you need to make a shirt that says like pain real small and the compliance <laughs> right. real, real big, big and then aikido <laughs> Would anyone buy that? So listen, yeah. Would anyone buy that? Uh, We can make that happen. Can we? Well, I I I think people would be loved to buy lots of stuff, and we're just always off. Putting putting text on a shirt seems like right about the level I could get to. I'll 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 just recommend a website to you guys, Cafe Cafe Press. Press, You can go there and you can make a paint blind shirt. We won't claim any royalties. Go for it. Anything above that, uh, (laughs) there might be problems. If it has to be special text. If it has to be a picture with it, any kind of but, um, so what? So, so we see play compliance on other than Ikkyo on all of the um, the Kiyowaza. Um Any any other? I mean, do we? I guess a little, Kodagai, Kodagai yeah, a little bit in the Jujinage hurts in the in the oh Jujinage, yeah. 
uh, in the pins a little bit too. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The pins, like, the pins are a little bit more, and and you know the pins are. Uh, this is kind of a hard thing. thing to talk about actually because. The pins have pain compliance. The pain compliance is your shoulder, and your shoulder is one of the joints, like your hip. But your hip, you're, you're probably never gonna break it. But like, unless you're eighty and tear you're like, it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But if you tore someone's shoulder out, it's not gonna just go back right, in, you know. Right, right. And so, like, that's a a fairly decent way to damage that uh -huh. shoulder, you know. And and then they're probably not getting. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So we could say there's some pain compliance in in the in, shoulder in, stuff. In the yeah. Pin but again, I think if at least the way that we would look at it, that is not going to be the uh, the function of it initially. Like, right? That's right. not the that's not our function of it. It's the pain compliance. The pain compliance is a result byproduct of, a byproduct of the, yeah. of the function, exactly which is right. I want to get whatever out of your hand or keep you from being able to right. use grabbing me or grabbing something right. else or and if i tear your shoulder out of joint right. then it's and not i think work that anymore. that is should be the other you know it's the the two parts which is like the the any pain is a byproduct of the other function of the thing and uh that pain should be used as a uh momentary uh sort of uh surprise a surprise a sort of uh, a a motivator of a catalyst to get movement happening right, again. Right. And I think if you think about it like that, then then the way that we use pain compliance in Aikido makes sense. And if you look at the forms, that's what's happening, right? Like if you look at the way the form and we don't often see it in forms and they do the tapping and whatever, but that's what we're showing, which is like I turn into the Sankyo and it hurts, so I shoot my arm back out. And when I do that, you take that moment to take my balance and bring me to the ground or whatever. So just, I'm thinking about it right now. So for like wrist, shoulder techniques, we have pain compliance as one of the things that you can do, or that is a, a byproduct, whatever sure, you want to sure, say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, functional damage, which yes. we would say is different than pain compliance. Yes. Um, uh, control. Yes. And then escape of like escaping, like as in taking your hand out of their hand or taking a weapon, I guess a disarm slash Escape. yeah removing their ability to hold right something. Yeah, yeah holding there you yeah. go yeah is that that's all of them right those are the different like the different effects or elements or thing things that you can have with a wrist or shoulder technique. yeah joint damage pain compliance um some kind of inability to do a function like hold something mm -hmm. and control yeah control yeah Controls usually. Uh, <laughs> I see so, hesitancy. <laughs> yeah. Well, when, when well, you're... and I mean, I think this is good to talk about because when we're looking at the Aikido techniques, some of those are going to be more important than others, right. and they're going to be more important because they're more because they do a better job of it. Right. Than... If you if you have a shoulder involved pin, you get a, a pretty good degree of control, but the control comes from. Um, a functional reason of their shoulder will dislocate. You mm. know what I mean? And, and actually a, a friend of mine who used to work security in a, a grocery store, um, he uh, brought a guy down, uh, applied a standing Kodagaish pin 
and said what? he felt the guy tear his shoulder out of joint <laughs> and get loose. <laughs> And, uh, and he's like, oh, he was on drugs, you know, and his arm didn't work right, but he got up because I was surprised that he tore his shoulder out of joint. He's like, I could feel all the tendons ripping in his, his shoulder, and, you know? Um, so, so like, there's a good example of like, there's a problem when you start to talk about control and what control means. Like control is a really gross term for things that can happen in different ways. One kind of control is compliance. And so pain right, compliance right, right. is it's a control. Right. And right. some kind of fear compliance too, that, oh, I'll hurt myself if I do that. But, so like they're choosing to let you control them? Yes. Yeah. There's a compliance. Right. Yeah. Different yeah, yeah. than. Yeah. And, and so that's different than a Brazilian jiu-jitsu, say, top man or side control where they can struggle all they want, but they just cannot physically get up. Like right. they're right. trying hard. Yeah. They just can't get up. And so based on stuff, sorry, this is going away from the concept, but I'm interested. Um, so based on stuff that we've talked about in the past, then most Aikido techniques aren't good for no, that terrible kind of controls. control. Exactly right. That's exactly right. And the reason Because is, we don't control the core of their body that's, in those pins. That's exactly right. We, and we cannot control the core of their body without involving the core of our body. Right. And so we can't do that because it creates an autonomy issue. Right. So right. When, the second we use the core of our body to control the core of their body, then we are no longer autonomous and we're locked with them. Now we can control them, i.e. keep them against the wall or on the ground or whatever, but then we cannot escape because we're using the core of our body to control the core of their body. Right. However, so all we have is that first kind of control, which is the like they're allowing you to control, like they're complying with you in, in some, some way. way. Right. right. That's exactly right. Got it. And that's why. And that's why that's what you see in Aikido. Right. And that's why the pins are kind of this tacked on the end sort of thing of like well, we have them and it may work but don't rely on them as your main controlling yeah. there or are your, times you know. when pins could be really handy uh, and i've again i've had students who are um, school teachers and principals who have used Aikido control methods in school because shit was going crazy and it was the way to control this kid at a moment, you know, and, and the kid wasn't strong enough to really get out of it and so he could control without the body and the threat that was happening from the kind of control made the kid chill out, you know, so they, they do work like Correct. that, but it's also, you're not going to do that in a, like a, a cage or something. You're not right. going to do that with some guy or some guy who thinks his life is being threatened by you holding him there and he needs to escape, you know? Right. Right. And on the flip side, yeah, you shouldn't, as someone who's trying to escape, you know, you shouldn't think of that either. Right? Yeah, no, yeah. you should get the hell out of there, you know? Like, yeah. That's it? No, no, I was just thinking that, like, yeah, just in a lot of situations, you may need, you escaping is more important than you not getting hurt or feeling pain, which I think sometimes is hard to wrap our minds around in our little monkey minds, which are like, ah, pain, that's scary. Right. Well, I mean, you know, like, a, a really interesting kind of control is, like, a verbal control police use, right? So, from a distance, with a firearm on someone, I say, turn around, get down on your right. knees hand behind your head. Now, look, I'm controlling that guy. I'm totally controlling that guy, but only through the threat of, I'll shoot you. You know, right, like right. if you try to run, I'll shoot you. Right, you're getting that person to comply. Right, exactly right. Huh. Interesting. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's... We're at 42 whatever. minutes. I think we, we got a... Um, no, I mean, I think we got a, a, a good enough, and I hope for people this is sort of a, I don't know, it's... I hope it doesn't sound like we're shitting on pain compliance because it's no, not it's that. No, it's just another tool and you right. got to understand its limitations right. and its uses. And so this yeah. is, I mean, right. Because I do think that like it is, it is real. Like the, the techniques, uh, there is some pain involved in the techniques. That Such is, as Josh almost shitting himself, have, right, having sure. a yonkyo done to him. That is real. 
but and I think it goes back to what I said at the very beginning. It's like um, I think Josh said poop his pants. Yeah. By oh, the way, well, shitting himself is the same um, as him. semantics. <laughs> the, That's another topic. When when you're in when you're in when you're doing forms in class, what you're what you might be experiencing pain wise is going to be different than um, what you might be experiencing if you're doing. A, a a rondori for example or something that's a little more like quote-unquote hardcore like high adrenaline like high it's going to be different and so if you are expecting people to react to your um that pain in the way that they react to it in class right in forms when you're not then that might be now there's simply there's the mechanical function of it that um you know that won't change that won't change right. necessarily that's right you know what i'm right. saying so if you understand the mechanical the function of it you can use that all the time yeah if you're relying on that pain you won't be able to does right. that make sense yeah yeah let's yeah. let's let's draw another little comparison i like, think this is a good thing and, and so like let's say you have a knife and you slash someone on their rib cage now look when you slash someone on the rib cage it's going to hurt like hell they're going to bleed and their skin's going to split open at the rib cage and it's going to be a mess. Now, they might see that, feel that and go, Whoa, I'm going to stop. Okay. Now, that's different than if you slice the top of their quad, their, the muscle on the top of their leg, and then their leg can't push straight anymore. Right. And so that's this is the difference between a functional compliance and a pain compliance. Now, look, the knife cut them, but on the rib cage, you've done no functional damage to them. They can still operate completely fine but if you cut the muscle on the top of their leg into then their leg can't straighten anymore like it just can't do it and so like it doesn't matter if they're on pcp it doesn't matter if they're tough guys it doesn't matter because their legs stopped working but if they're tough guys that uh, slashing the rib they, they don't care less. Now, if I don't want to actually hurt someone and I know that they're the kind of person who will fold under some pain, right. slashing them in the wrist uh, ribs might be a great thing to do because I know I won't kill them or almost certain I won't kill them and they'll stop because right, it's right, scary, right, right. right? So it's a judgment call then. It, yeah, everything's a judgment call right. like this. But, you know, when you're going into a mode where someone's freaking out and they're full of adrenaline, you need functional tools. You don't need pain right. compliance tools. Right. And so when you're thinking about using uh, Aikido techniques, for example, I would suggest understanding the function of it uh, and uh, using that as your marker for what, how you want to do the thing. And don't worry about the pain part of it right, at all. Right, right, right. Um, and if it works out, then it's a nice surprise. Right. If the, and, you yeah, know, pain's most, a bonus, not most, a guarantee. Right, and most times, if you set it up correctly if the technique is set up correctly and blah 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 the pain is there right like i mean it it's just that's it's part it's a byproduct of the function but you can't get ahead of the you can't put the cart put in front it, of the horse right, horse right, you know right, what the I mean? horse right, right. i forgot so to say horse you gotta look at the function of it set that up do it if the pain is there the pain is there but you can't make that the the point of it right yeah and and this is kind of my theory of training is like you know if there's a surprise to be had the surprise should be a nice surprise and not a shocking surprise and and you know you see this a lot with when 
with when like we do our rondori and we have the pool noodle and you know the pool noodle is purposely chosen because it doesn't hurt at all now a lot of times when people watch our videos they go man if you were hitting them across the face with the pool noodle they would fall down or they would stop and it's like In, yeah like if it was actually a right. weapon right. right right if it was actually a weapon and like now that would be a nice, nice surprise. surprise that would be right nice. i hit you across <laughs> right. the face and you fall down it's like well great i don't have to do any more stuff right. it right. just worked right. it's like now, prepare for the worst and then exactly better right. things are exactly better. right whereas if every time we trained i hit you with a pool noodle and you you faked it and then in real life i hit you with a club and you didn't then i would be shocked that surprise is a shock and so like to me you should always build your training with nice surprises and not shock surprises that's a good way to look at it because that's exactly right if you're thinking that every time you do nikyo you're gonna hit someone with the thing and they're gonna cry and they're gonna tap and then you hit them with it as hard as you can and they just push through it and and knock you to the ground that's a bad spot that's right i really think too that like that's like live training teaches you that stuff like it it sets your mind right in terms of understanding like who fucking knows what'll happen i might try this thing and think it's gonna work 100 percent, and it doesn't and like that's a part of i think the more live training that you do the more that you get that lesson internalized that like i don't know what's gonna happen we'll see i'll try my best you know there's no no guarantee you know and so everything is like oh that worked right versus oh shit that didn't work you know what i mean but I think, I mean, obviously in the Aikido community, we're, we're kind of divorced from a lot of life training. And so people get into this mindset that like, well, Aikido is deadly actually. So, yeah. you know, yeah. <laughs> it's like, well. I, it's interesting because I feel like that's exactly right. Like you, it should always feel like when a technique works, there's a little like ding, 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 I won. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, and it should never feel like, oh my God, why did that not work? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Because, I mean, as someone who's experienced this, there's nothing more terrible than unloading something that you're sure would have worked. Right. And then, and then the doesn't work. Like, right, you right, are completely right, demoralized. Right. It is a very challenging thing. <laughs> there it is. That's our, our pain compliant episode, everyone. Thank you so much. For <laughs> I think we did a great job yeah. summing that up really well. Um, let's go ahead and thank our patrons. Uh, we gave them a shout out at the beginning of the episode, but now... Now a we're real shout a out. real come up right now. Come up and sounds like a bad thing. It does. I think maybe you do. I think it is it that way. Bad... You only do that. No, that way? I think come up and is a good. I now I got to look it up because that I... has a very negative connotation. It seems like it does, but to me, what you're saying is the, what allows you to come up in the world. I, I mean, I agree that like you only ever hear it in the like. Oh, I'll give you your come up. It's but I think it's like supposed to be sarcastic. I don't know. Mm. Josh. I'm looking it up because right. I'm, I'm very... Right. Maya's going to okay. give the Patreons. Josh is going to find out come up. It's, we'll be back. Okay. Thank you so much to the Dirt Wasp Podcast, Chris, Protector of J- Ducks, Comouth, Jay Mysterio, Nick White Belt Bullman, Brad V, Yarrow, You Suck the Christmas Poop. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I didn't know yes. where that I did not know yes. where that sentence was going. Oh, it's great that we read it before. That's awesome. It's so long that it, it like it's like dot dot dots. I know Yero's last name is Madrona, but you suck the Christmas poo poo. Okay. That's a, that's a that's great. All right, Love it. Poo-poo. All right. <laughs>
<laughs> uh, El Terrible, Brooke Ferragamo, Ben Cranky Sheep Jitsu Eldridge, <laughs> Tommy Siv, Francis Cardone, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Ocon Ayrton, Marchand Chiss, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Franz Martinson, Yuli Simgu, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Acido, Matt Mumford, Jim Gallant, Matt Riley, J- Jim Iron Monkey Sullivan, Grant Templin, and Lenny Acuna. Excellent, excellent. Okay, so uh, I can't believe it. He really did. Here it, it is. No, that's great. Uh, <laughs> uh, love it. So, uh, come up and describes a fate or punishment that is deserved, oh. like when an arrogant trash talking quarterback fumbles the ball on the last play and loses the game for his team. That's a great example. Um, so the definition, an outcome, and so this is what's funny is the definition here says an outcome, good or bad, right. that is well deserved. But um, in all of the other ones that I've read. Um, it usually says it's negative. Uh, negative. So it, it's usually used in a negative way, but it could be good. Or I bad. wonder if at one point that was the kind of thing that you would say, like, uh, "Oh, I'll give you your comeuppance. Like you've done a good job." Right. And then, like, then to be an asshole, you're like, "Oh, I'll give you." your So it's really funny because I uh, personally, I would have said it was a, a positive thing. Like, really, I want my comeuppance. I I want to. I want to. Yeah, get, I want to get going. I want to get, get what I deserve. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. See, I wonder if. Not to bring in the age thing, but I wonder if it's you old guys people. are slightly old older people. than yeah. me. Yeah, I mean, really old. No, I'm not saying that. What I am dinosaurs saying- would say that to each other, be like, "Whoa!" Which in dinosaur, you wouldn't know this, Maya, but in dinosaur, that is. Uh, I'll give your couple. Maya you guys, is officially done with this podcast. You guys call yourself old men way more than I call <laughs> you old men at all. Okay. Literally, Josh today was like, "Oh, I'm such an old man," and I'm like, "Shut up! No, you're not." It's true. I'm and not. he's like, "I'm old." Um, um, let's go ahead and give a tip of the week. Yeah. Um, this is interesting to me. So we didn't really talk about each technique in detail, but for the wrist shoulder techniques, go through and what are they about for you? Like, what are you getting out of them? You know, are they pain compliance? Are they functional damage? Are they some kind of control? Are they, you know, what are you using them for? Or what are you training them for Mm -hmm. primarily? And what are they not so good at? And I think looking at each of those and kind of playing out like what you're training them for is really will really be enlightening to like how you should be applying them and how you should be teaching them and so on and so forth i think you really uh like really taking some time to feel out everything as it's being as you as it's being done to you and as you're doing it uh and really taking some time to to let that pain sort of come into you um, is a Feel good the thing. Pain. Well, yeah, just because then you, so that you can understand where it's coming from and how the thing can be applied better, I think is a really important thing Yeah. Um, to do. So, you know, a lot of times it's like, as soon as it hurts, we're just like, ah, and I think sometimes, you know, really feeling into it and being like, mm, how, and you know, take care of yourself. Yeah. Be safe. Yeah. If but, you really enjoy that get some black leather right. pants and a, a whip. You can and... pay someone for these things. <laughs> Whoa. I, I, I joke sometimes. I, going, but... I, I joke sometimes that I think some people in the Aikido community are also part of the BDSM community because it's like, uh, some people do it, like to get, they tweaked. just really they like really to get tweaked. Like to get I mean, tweaked. it's like, yeah. I was like, well, this seems well, like a real thing. Well, now what's wrong with that? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. I mean, and that is where the podcast ends tonight, folks. Thank you so much for listening. We don't need to kink will... shame any of our listeners. I'm not kink shaming. I'm just saying that it, yeah. it's like uh, I do see a certain demographic drawn to it. Right. Yeah. There are some people that like to get tweaked. And there's nothing wrong with that. So if that's what you're into, 
go forth. That's what I'm suggesting is the tip of the week. <laughs> we'll see you next week. <laughs> <laughs>